Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share, she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health, the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines, the wise woman way. The newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Needs, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Thank you, Susan. How are you doing this evening? I am doing fine. As a matter of fact, I was just uh, <clears throat> going back and forth with Justine about Mullen photographs. Mm. Since, since I'm doing 
the classes for Wisdom Seed um, with a visual element. I want to have visuals. It's nice to look at each other, and there's certainly a lot of looking at each other and time for questions and comments and sharing at the classes, but I also like to have visuals, and I'm going to talk about mullen, and we're not by the mullen, where you can smell it and sense it and feel it and perhaps taste it and, and breathe with it. You know, well, I'm, all I'm left with is showing you a picture. Mm-hmm. So uh, she sent me... She sent me really pretty pictures that we had taken of a, a mullen that wasn't a verbascum thapsis. Uh, I think it was moth mullen. It has a little red eye in the yellow flower. Ooh. And I said, I said, ooh. I said, I don't want them distracted by the flowers. I want them to focus in on the leaves. Send me pictures of leaves. Nice. And you got those with the video? Well, we were just in the middle of that. I was just asking for that when I looked. And I said, oh, look at that. It's time for the blog talk show. How fun. I see. So here we I are. See. Oh, interesting. And now, that will continue. And we did, the, we did the first class last night, which was uh, how to make nourishing herbal infusions, the really important points and the more subtle points and... I talked about the studies at Rodale and what happens when you boil water, pour it into a jar and put a lid on it and how that changes the nutritional availability of the nourishing herbal infusions. It's not just a good idea to make it in a jar. It's really important part of the process. And, yeah, when I'm making nourishing herbal infusion for a dozen women, we're not making individual quart jars. I did teach at one place that did that. She had a big counter in her kitchen where she could put out, or 24 of us, and she actually put out 30 jars. And she asked each woman what infusion she wanted the next day and weighed it out individually and did individual quart jars of infusion for us. It was really, really oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, but wow. no, for, for a crowd, I do make it in a pan, you know. If I'm going to make a gallon of infusion, I boil a gallon of water and put a quarter pound of herb in there. And I don't get the effect of having put it into a tightly closed container. So we mm. talk at some length about that and how that really mobilizes the minerals. Then we talked about... Everybody's favorite nourishing herbal infusion, stinging nettle and oat straw. Mm. And I said that when Justine used to do um, little surveys, which of the five nourishing herbal infusions do you like the best? Nettle always won by a landslide. Really? Like, That's surprising. Like of the five herbs, nettle would get 50% of the vote. Wow. Right, and then the others had to duke it out for the remaining 50%. And I said, as an oat straw, I said, there are many people who are just wild for oat straw and can't get enough of it. And there are many who are like, eh, and there are a few who are like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. In fact, I talked to one of those the other day who said, oh, I can't drink oat straw, it's too sweet. Mm. 
sometimes it is a little too sweet for me. And then other times it can be very refreshing. But when it gets um, too, like, once it's cloudy and then I know it's going to taste really sweet. And I don't like that either. Do you remember the story that I tell about the woman in New Zealand who boiled the outstra? No. She, <clears throat> she was going to the Waikato School of Herbal Studies run by Isla Burgess, which so far as I know it was, it's not still running, the only four-year herbal school. Mm. I'd call it an herbal college. And in their last year, the students had to focus on one plant. And one of the things that they had to do was they had to do some kind of experiment that required a laboratory analysis. So she decided that she was going to see if the means of preparing oat straw influenced the amount of calcium that was available from it. Mm. And she did it in the, a jar and she did it in a pot. And in the pot, the water's boiling, and you throw the herb into the boiling water and bring it back up to a boil and then turn the fire off, put a lid on it, and let it steep. And there was more calcium in that. And she decided that the reason that there was more calcium was mechanical. That the actual agitation, like in your washing machine... (laughs) of the oat straw in the boiling water literally knocked more calcium loose. Remember, the minerals are like rocks. They're really tightly held in there. They're hard to get out. Mm -hmm. So So to follow up on this, she then boiled oat straw for timed lengths. And had the resulting infusion, you know, boiled it, then let it steep like an infusion. It was an infusion. It had just been boiled for 30 seconds or one minute or two minutes or three minutes. And sure enough, at increasing amounts of boiling, there were increasing amounts of calcium. Mm. Wow. We know that there's sugar, sugars, natural sugars, right, beta-glucons, which is one of them, as well as some polysaccharides in the oat straw because it's going to be one of the first of the infusions to ferment. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Right? The red clover has tannins, which are antibacterial, right? And the cumbria has tannins, which are antibacterial. So of the five nourishing herbal infusions, we all know which one is going to spoil the easiest. Which one, in fact, if we make a two-gallon pot of it and don't take it down in the basement and put it on the cold concrete floor, will spoil while it brews overnight. Uh. Right, if we're making two gallons. And sometimes we make two two two-gallon pots, right? And Mm -hmm. we don't have 
kind of equipment that a restaurant does to cool that amount of liquid down. So we put it down in the basement on the concrete floor. It really sucks the heat out of it and keeps it from spoiling. Right. Yeah, when right. it goes off, it is just off. It's not, mm-mm. it's not even close to uh, what it tastes like. Not drinkable. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, so what's been uh, up with you this week? Oh, we have been cold. I have been a whiner. It's been, today has been the warmest of the last three and a half days, and the high was two degrees. And we had two days where we woke up to minus 15 and wind chills. It's been a whiner, but it's been okay. Knockwood, everything has continued to work. Um, we had plenty of firewood going into it, and the animals somehow are making it through. Um, you know, we talked last year about not having drafts in the barn and things like that, which um, I made extra sure this year. And um, it's it's still just so cold. You know, there's like ice crystals on the walls of the barn inside and Oh, my goodness. It's so cold out there right now. (laughs) Yes, it is so beautiful when it gets all crystalline like that from their breath, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It's really pretty. Like walking out of the barn tonight. They get get fluffy. Do you notice? Do you notice how they fluff up? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's an uh, that's an undercoat that they have grown in response to the to the gathering cold that didn't just happen overnight. Mhm. And that's what allows them to retain their body heat. It's like they're under a a feather duvet. Oh, thank goodness, because they need every bit of it. And the chickens, I can tell, you know, their feathers are layered down is definitely, but their feet, I can tell their feet get cold. um, And I just can't even, yeah, the day is stacked on top of each other just without a break. Because like I said, today was the highest at two. It's supposed to get double digits tomorrow, but then back down. So we'll see. <laughs> wow, we have not had any of that extreme cold. We we have had you know the kind of picture postcard winter. It snowed all day, and the snow drifted gently down out of the sky in Aww. little individual lakes piling up very artistically upon the branches with nary a breath of wind. So it was very idyllic and lovely. Mm. And uh, we all got a day off from all of the things that we're usually supposed to do because it was snowing. And it was about 26 degrees. Oh, that is. That sounds real nice. That does sound real nice. Yeah, yeah. that's it. A postcard winter day. Mm, very lovely. Yeah, we have. They go through willing to go out and to eat pine and the 
evergreen called hemlock. It's not poison hemlock. It's an evergreen tree. Mm. Oh, so your ghosts are still out and about. Ours want nothing. Like, we got 16 inches of snow on, what day was that? I guess it was Thursday or Friday. So I opened the Oh, my gosh. Door and-, <laughs> <laughs> and they said, are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yeah, everybody's been a little cooped up this week. <laughs> Once you tromp down some paths, they'll go along the paths. Yes, I um, I had shoveled one path, and then I yeah. I shoveled other paths on the other side of the barn, more for me than for them. But well, it's just been so close. I have not even hardly opened the doors the last couple of days. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been brutal. Well, at those kind of temperatures, you pretty much uh, become your wood stove's companion. Mm-hmm. Mhm, and we don't even have a wood stove. Fortunately, we have a great furnace, but we do have a fireplace, which is not nearly as efficient as a wood stove. So, uh, we've used a lot of wood, but without it, it is just too cold, and the heat has to run too high. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we hang out right there. <laughs> yes. So you have central heating, which you can keep at a reasonable temperature. And radiant heat, which allows you to get as warm as you want. Exactly. That's right. Yep, we keep the central around like 65 just to make sure Mm -hmm. everything stays where it needs to. And then, yep, in the room where we sit and talk and gather is where we've got our fireplace going. So, Uh, yeah, nothing like that radiant heat uh-huh. really I think it really uh, recalls our lizard days of basking uh, it's so true and even the dogs will like take their turns standing right. in front of the fire blocking the heat I'm like come on yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and oh, all all of that energy from the sun, that fire is a little bit of the sun, isn't it, being returned to us? I guess I was thinking because about that. Because the tree used really... the sun to make its wood. And now mm-hmm. that that matter is being turned back into energy. It's turning back into fire, back into a little bit of a star. Yeah, it's so amazing. And then the ashes, which we take out to the compost pile, it's just like yes. I was thinking about tonight as I was, like, watching them almost be ready to be cleared again. Like, wow, it's just mm. so, oh, so whole. I love it. I love it. Spiraling in every direction, wholeness. Yes. Yeah. Having now freed the minerals from the wood by burning the wood down to its ashes, its minerals, those minerals are now available to be put in the compost, acted on by bacteria, and be able to give the things that grow in your soil great nutritional content. Mm. I love it. I love it, love it. Thank you. I love the way this works. (laughs) It is. It's a lot of work. What's that? 
it's a lot of work mm-hmm. to do, it, do it all, to, to turn the wheel of the year in a way, turn the wheel of life. It's uh, mm. de- demanding of us and, and yet um, the satisfaction of being able to do it never stops being a thrill. I see people around me who, who would never think of leaving the farm, no matter how old they are. Old Farmer Joe, who sat mm. for the last, what was it, the last four years of Joe's life, he sat on the porch with a kitten in his lap? Mm-hmm. There was always a kitten at the farm. There were always kittens at the farm. And Joe, who who had gotten to the point where he couldn't really get up anymore, just sat on the porch where all the vegetables were sold with a kitten. Aww. Aww, how precious. It was so... He could talk, and he'd talk your ear off. <laughs> what a treasure. I love that. <laughs> so, um... We are going to let you ask questions tonight. Never fear. We will get over our long talking speed. But one of the reasons that Sarah and I are going on and on is because we know that the guest tonight has COVID. Mm-hmm. That can't show up. Duh. Take care of yourself, gang. Make sure you've got some bone set on hand. Uh-huh. And the other one. The, the, what is it, uh, SRV? Whoo! Awesome. Oh, nasty. yeah, that's but just line or, yeah. Same thing, yeah. Onset, Onset and Echinacea, yeah. Elder, I think Elder's really good for helping prevent, but once I've gotten the virus, I want to go in there with Onset. So I was just looking at my stash of bone set today and saying, well, you've been using a lot of this bone set. You know, you used it for 90 days after you had COVID, and now you've had this other, you know, SRV, and you're using it for another 90 days. How are you doing on bone set? I'm going, ah, I have enough. Good. Okay. Partly because I'm not using huge amounts of it, right, at the height of an infection, I might use a dropper full a couple of times a day. But then for maintenance, for making sure I don't get post-viral syndrome, I'm um, just using anywhere from 10 to 15 drops once a day. Mm. I love the bone fat. (laughs) I was talking to my friend Candace, and she was saying that they just did an experiment with 500 people with post-viral syndrome from COVID, long COVID. And half of them, they gave a probiotic and a prebiotic supplement, and the other half, they gave a placebo that looked the same. And the ones that got the prebiotic-probiotic mix were two and a half times less likely to have symptoms. There's a huge mm. difference, in fact, from that. And I think that the nourishing herbal infusions, 
uh, really feed gut bacteria and act like probiotics and prebiotics. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You need not to be um, preventing that effect by ingesting laboratory-made things, especially laboratory-made vitamins like enriched flour. And mm. almost all pasta, almost all pasta is enriched. So, because people say to me, "Well, I don't notice that effect," I say, "Well, if you actually will go through your cupboard and get rid of anything, I said you've stopped taking supplements. That's a great step in the right direction. And then go through your cupboard and just notice where things have enriched with vitamin C, and you know, right. enriched with." Vitamin, folic acid in here, you know, a great source of, and but it doesn't contain any but what they put in. So yep. it's not really a great source of, it's just a little further refinement to your diet that helps protect you against getting these pretty nasty viruses in the first place. And if you do recovering really quickly. People have been telling me that they have been sick with the um, SRV for weeks and months. Mm. And I certainly had a cough. I had a bad cough. You remember. I was really coughing. But it was only for a couple of weeks, right? Right. So hooray for our herbal allies. I am so happy they are part of my life. And before we get into questions, an old friend sent me a poem she wrote. This is called Menopause by Carol McGrath. Who is that old woman dogging my footsteps? Who does she think she is? Demanding that I do this and do that. Sometimes she's in tatters, colored bits of ragtag flying off into the wind as she chases me down. I saw her once, dressed in evening clothes with what I swear was a true diamond tiara sitting on her grizzled head. She winked at me. She, that she should be winking at me like that. Why does she laugh at me? I know she is laughing at me. When she grabs me by the arm, I pull away and pretend to ignore her. How can I ignore her? She's always there, peering at me, pushing at me, scaring the daylights out of me. Once I went out sailing with a fine old lover of mine and There she was, floating on her back in the waves, grinning up at me, blowing spouts of water high out of her mouth, flapping her apricot-colored dress around her like a giant jellyfish. This morning, just this morning, as I was washing my face, that saucy old woman was in my mirror, washing her face the nerve of her. Mm. 
That was lovely. Was that the whole thing? That's it. Oh, my goodness. I love it. <laughs> I her to go on after what she, what she came to with washing her face and seeing right there in the mirror. <laughs> my husband like the other twice now recently um I, I've told I've told them silver foxes I'm like oh wow this is interesting I can tell I'm moving into a new like way that people see me just because like twice now I've had gentlemen who would be like in the silver fox club make comments to me um or take notice of me um when I'm out like shopping or something and it's just interesting because you know, there's other age groups of men that are not paying attention, which isn't isn't anything of importance, but it's just something to notice, um, you know, out and about. Because also, like, it seems like young men who are young enough to be my sons um, regard me, like, in a really mothery type way. It's just so interesting to see how other people are relating to me, women included. But anyways, this wasn't all about me tonight, but... Um, I just thought I'd mention that in regards to that poem. I definitely catch glimpses of that, um, like, crazy, like, like uh, you know, splashy woman um, following me around everywhere. <laughs> and I get glimpses of her, too, and realize, oh, oh here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, what a fun poem. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Carol McGrath. Love it. Carol McGrath. All right. Carol. All right. Carol. Shall we uh, open the lines and let them ask questions? Sounds great. Um, We have four callers that have already pressed one to signal that they would like their line open. They have a question this evening. So if you have a question as well, please go ahead, press one so that we can see your hand up in the queue. It looks like. We have five callers that have pressed one and their hands are raised. So keep on doing that if you are listening and have a question. Right now we'll go to the first hand up in the 973 area code. And the 973, you are live with Susan. Thank you so much, Sarah Ellen, and thank you, Susan, for the poem and the wisdom. The purpose of all is to get your insight I'm a longtime listener and a mentored student, very comfortable with, with home remedies and the nourishing traditions. And the reason I'm calling is for the last month, I have had a sore throat that is not going away with lymph nodes that are swollen. I've tested three times negative for COVID with home tests, and I have a lot of kitchen remedies um, that I can go through, that I've learned from you. Slippery elm balls. I just had one in my mouth. <laughs> Yarrow mouthwash. I have gallons of of elderflower tincture from my yard as well as elderberry. I have a lot of remedies that I've used. But the purpose of my call is to process because my lymph nodes feel very tender, um, sometimes on the left, sometimes on the right, and I'm now going on a month of using home remedies. I'm, and it's, I feel like I'm not um, 
although I'm very rooted and intentional and, and really hear my body, what I'm really not hearing is, is moving whatever might be a viral infection or as one of my questions, maybe it's bacterial. Um, and, and, yeah, I'm not opposed to my, my, I would say my, my son also has the same symptoms and he did get a strep test and his is negative, but we're very mindful about making sure that, um, you know, a cup goes in the dishwasher and we have very good self-care with herbs. I'm just paused that the lymph nodes and the swallowing gotten any respite. So open to ideas and wisdom. One of the things that I do is I allow myself to look at what the worst case scenario would be. What would be the worst possible thing that could cause a really sore throat, swollen lymph nodes, and difficulty swallowing. And that would be throat cancer. That doesn't mean that's what you have. But it does mean that you might want to decide at what time limit you want to rule that out. You probably heard me talk about the way I started coughing after my dad died. I would wake up in the morning and I would cough until I threw up or passed out. It was a horrible, horrible cough, and I would cough for like five minutes. And I said, whoa, you know, my mom was a smoker. And that makes mm. me at greater risk of lung cancer than her. And it's a horrible cough. This could be a symptom of lung cancer. I'm looking at what could be really bad. And I said, so if I'm still coughing in, I think I gave myself four, five, six weeks, something around that. If I'm still coughing a that amount of time, I'm going to go and get an X-ray so that we can see if there's anything in my lungs. Now, personally, I figured that really what was happening was that I was coughing up all the stuff that my loving father had choked down my throat. He really wanted me to be a success. And he knew that a smart mouth girl was never going to be a success. So he would, you know, use a variety of tactics. This was the 50s, from washing my mouth out with soap to a variety of other things to shove those words back in me, and I thought, wow, now he's dead and blah, here it all comes. But I had to keep in mind that it could have been something else. And that time came. I was still coughing. I went. I did manage to get a lung x-ray, which was a whole other story. <laughs> I managed at the walk-in facility to, to engineer that, and I actually managed to look at it with the practitioner and to see that there was absolutely no spots in my lungs, that indeed, although it was taking a long time, I was coughing up all that my dad had shoved down my throat, and I didn't have to worry about the worst 
possible thing, which is why I always hang it out there. Human papillomavirus causes cervical cancer, but it also causes throat cancer. Most of the population has it. It's very easily spread. One of the first things that I think of, especially if I have a cough and a hard time swallowing, is honey. And I have sage honey and the garlic honey remedies and recipes. And those, I am served well by your recipes and remedies. And luckily, I have not had a cough. It's just been almost five weeks of the sore throat with the tenderness on both sides where on Monday it would be, you know, my lymph node on my right was swollen and tender. I was using um, a comfrey oil and a hot water pack. I mean, that that brought external comfort. Um, Wonderful. Beautiful. uh, You know, and just, but then then two days later it would be on my other side of my lymph node. And it's going back, and that's it's going back and forth, and it's never really remediating, although the remedies offer short-term comfort, but not removing of the underlying issue, whatever that might be. It's not horribly invasive to have a biopsy if there is something there. And the sooner that you check if there is something there, the more likely you are to survive the treatment very well. We had, in the space of two years, three friends with throat cancer. One of them refused to even think that anything was wrong until he couldn't swallow water. Mm. He's dead. And it wasn't pretty. He was in intensive care for, I think, seven weeks. The other two were diagnosed within a few weeks of each other. And basically had pretty much the same diagnosis. One of them didn't have a support. The other one had support. Someone who, like you, is very wise in supporting him with infusions and herbs and all the remedies. And the one without the support has survived but is still on a feeding tube. And the one with support, has survived and is still creative and uh, making waves. And needless to say, not on a feeding tube. Both of them, as a matter of fact, the one that I just mentioned, who has survived the best, uh, 
was told by his general practitioner that um, it was common in the winter to have a sore throat. And so he went to a different doctor who was willing to say, let's rule out cancer. And then they couldn't rule it out because there it was. Mm. Yeah, based on the, um, for lack of a better word, nodules I see on the back of my throat, I'm I'm sorry, on the Mm -hmm. back of my tongue, um, my Mm -hmm. tongue, my perception is that it's probably a viral or bacterial infection Mm -hmm. um, that Mm -hmm. I'm not getting uh, yet rid of. But I would be willing to see. I have an appointment. Are Are you taking a genasia? Well, that's the thing. All of my remedies, when I was writing down in preparation for this phone call, are things uh-huh. like St. Jones, Wart, Elder. They're more, my understanding, more antiviral. I have not, I don't have any, although I grow a lot of bones that I didn't tincture any last summer. Um, and I am mm-hmm. out of um, echinacea root, which I had for years, 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 used it all up. So been doing the antibacterial um, supports. I've been doing more antiviral nourishment. Mm-hmm. And those antiviral things are really excellent prevention, but I don't find them very good in the actual thick of it. Yes. As you're experiencing Correct. Yes. So I usually buy a pound of Echinacea augustifolia, and I put a quarter of a pound of the dried root into a quart jar. And then I fill the jar to the top with 100-proof vodka, and I shake it up. And for the first three or four days, I shake it up several times a day because it's dried root and it's going to dampen unevenly unless it's shaken. And then afterwards, I'll shake it up when I think about it, once every week, every couple of weeks, whatever, just to make sure that the, all of the root gets well moistened in there. I like to actually let that tincture sit for a year before I use it. And so what I do is three to six months later, I make another quart of echinacea tincture. And then again, three to six months later, I make another quart of echinacea tincture so that I always have a lot of echinacea tincture because my experience has been that echinacea will counter virtually any kind of infection, whether it's bacterial or viral, because it feeds and nourishes the immune system. It's like it adds to the stores and then the immune system decides what it wants to build and how it wants to do it. Because herbs aren't really drugs. Drugs are antibacterial or antiviral, but herbs aren't drugs. So we do them a disservice by putting them in little boxes. And it has to be Augustifolia root not purpurea root. Even if you grow it yourself, it's just, when it's a really serious infection, the purpurea root, even from fresh roots, is probably not going to be good enough. 
and it I doesn't had, seem to be picking. I made my first quart of Augustifolia at one of your workshops in 2003. All right. <laughs> And then I kept going. Then you needed there. to do it again in 2004 and 2005. That's right. That's right. You can't um, ever, so, I, so far as I figure, you can't ever have too much echinacea tincture on hand. I had <laughs> so much and I of, gave it away. A pound of dried echinacea root is what, $40, $50, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you get a liter of vodka, and you wind that's up right. with like a gallon of tincture. I mean, my gosh. Well, that's what happened. You go, you go out I, to buy I it. This stuff it is like over, 12 over to $15. An ounce. Share it. That's wonderful. But make more. Make more. Keep making it. Yes. So that that when you need it. Because I remember Justine, my daughter, out and not with just a one-ounce bottle of Echinacea and went out to buy more. And she came came back fuming at how expensive it was and how hard it was to buy it with that golden seal in it and da-da-da. That's right. Yeah. 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 So let's see. Red Moon Herbs, I think, has um, Augustifolia, and I think they yeah, I yeah, think they I sell in large sizes. This, this morning, um, in you know, because you. Yeah, I I knew that one the the remedy that I had not introduced to my body was echinacea, and it just it was just that I hadn't had any um, at this moment. I've had some for years and shared it all. So yeah, yeah. And then order a pound of echinacea root and start making tincture again. Oh, exactly. Because exactly. this, is, this isn't the last time you're going to want it or need it. Not at all. I know. I Not know. at all. Yeah, right. And, hey, even if you don't use it all, those who come after you will. That's a, really a, like, a, like a, a better investment than gold, I say. I agree. I, you know, this, <laughs> everything, all of the remedies give such comfort and care and connection with the earth and to my family and community. And I, I'm just so grateful for all of the wisdom that you continue to share and model and, and mentor. It's my own endurance and um, feel much more comfortable about navigating what I need to ask for help with and what I can foster in my own kitchen and garden. Oh, you really make me smile. Well, thank you for everything. I do have my annual physical on on April twelfth, but so I so it's, it's you know. So there so you go. If you can, if you can bear up a long ways from now. It is. It is. But you know, I'm. And you're I'm to February, my, February to March. It's three months. Like I know, ninety days, I know. almost a hundred days. So, so I might split some of that. That in you know, in the next in the next two to three weeks. Go. I would. I'd be, I would go in for, um, again, just making sure I don't have strep, you know, just, just getting an assessment of my throat to, and not, not wait that long. Um, so Good. I'm just processing uh, yeah. this out loud. Yeah. Waiting until April is kind of, kind of a long, long yeah. distance out. Yeah. Given that you have swollen lymph nodes in addition to problem swallowing. That's what it is, and they keep going from left to right, from left to right. Yeah. So, so, hmm. Okay. Let's, Thanks, Susan. Let's, you're so welcome. Thank you for your call. Green blessings. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'll remind everyone listening, if you've got a question and would like to speak live with Susan this evening, just press 1, and we'll see your hand go up in the queue. 
At this time, there are five callers with a raised hand. We'll go next to the 626 area code. In the 626, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. My name is also Susan. <laughs> How are you doing? Hi, Susan. Hi. Um, so Hi. I've been dealing with a, a hip issue for a couple of years now. I uh, thought it was just a sore hip because I was walking uh, on flat concrete when I'm used to walking on soft hills. Just gotten worse and worse. I did acupuncture, I did massage, I did yoga, did this, did that. Um, uh, doesn't seem to be getting better. I've gone to a couple of doctors, um, physical therapy recently, but I had x-rays, MRI, and everything seems to be pointing to hip replacement. And I kind of just wanted to get your take on, do, is there an, a scenario where, uh, like, basically cartilage, degrading cartilage can be reversed? No. No. Okay, no. so, so no. that's most, kind of I, most of the people have said to me, the only mistake I made in my hip replacement was waiting so long. I know. I know. Okay. Well, I super appreciate that. I'm trying to wrap my mind around that because it's definitely not my first choice. Of course, we're you know trying to all. Of course all, not. Nobody wants to be cut up and have a replacement. Ooh. Ew. On Ew, the but, other hand, you take care of yourself now, right. right? And you get good physical therapy afterwards. You will recover and you will be healthier because you'll be more active. Right. Right. So are there other things that you can suggest, herbs or oils or diet that I can do to prepare or, you know, what are your suggestions to prepare for this? Are you drinking nourishing herbal infusions right now? No. That's where I would start, is I would start by drinking a quart of nourishing herbal infusion a day, rotating through the five nourishing herbs, stinging nettle, oat straw, red clover, comfrey leaf, and linden flower. Okay. You may, you may have difficulty getting red clover. Red clover seems to be in very short supply this winter. Huh. So if you can't get that, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. I got uh, a but rotate, rotate through what you can. And um, that will build superior tissue health. Cool. I would make sure that I had on hand for afterwards several anti-infective tinctures. We were just talking about echinacea, mm-hmm. right? Depending on how far out that hip replacement is, you could start using an echinacea tincture that you made this week um, three months from now. It's at its okay. best potency after about nine to 12 months, but at the three-month point, it's pretty good. As a matter of fact, I was just admiring how dark the most recent Echinacea tincture that I made was, and I just made it a month ago, and it's already like, wow, like really dark tea. Mm. Really, really coming along beautifully. But I know more and more of the, the heavier alkaloids come out as it steeps longer and longer there. So they are very happy to give you IV antibiotics when you're in the hospital and then send you home without any antibiotics at all. 
So you need to cover that gap with that genacea and be will- and have it on hand so that you can keep yourself infection-free. Whenever there's hip replacement, I always think about the woman who told me about her mom's hip replacement, which just didn't seem to be right. And they weren't letting her out of the hospital, and they finally admitted there seemed to be some infection in it, and their antibiotics weren't working. And she went in with usnea, and she started giving her mom usnea. She said, like, five or ten drops every five or ten minutes. And it totally blew out that infection, and they didn't have to reopen. And what they were talking about at that point was they would take out the replacement and put in another one, but they would have to cut off more of her femur, and she would have a short leg. Uh-huh. Okay, so, the, uh, and so she so saved her mom from that by having usnea and uh-huh. giving her little bits really frequently until it pushed the infection out. Okay. Uh-huh. And it and it you know it might have been any anti-infective that she had, but because the story is about usnea, I'm like, mm-hmm. usnea. You know, maybe she could have used anything at all. And the other thing that we know is that comfrey really aids in healing. Okay. And so I'd be sure, not just that I have been drinking the nourishing herbal infusions, but that I'm supplied to be able to drink them when I get home and uh, to especially um, be using the comfrey. And with the comfrey, I'll take the spent plant material and roll it up in an old soiled kitchen towel, like a jelly roll, and soft freeze it. I don't want it in the freezer till it's like a hard club. I just want it pretty cold. And use that to heal. There usually is a lot of swelling after surgery. Topically, yeah. yeah. I think that's okay. Vision? I think it's fantastic. Okay. Did you see um, Barbara Volk working with her animals uh, in on video at the Comfrey Conference? No. She had a horse that ripped its belly open, didn't hurt its guts, but ripped its belly skin open on a barbed wire fence, and the wound was about, I don't know, 18 inches long. Wow. And she said, she videoed the whole thing, and she washed it out inside and out with yarrow tincture, and then she put it together with comfrey. Wow. Okay. As a matter of fact, her whole presentation was using comfrey with deep and large wounds and how fabulous it is. Okay. So I could make them up ahead of time, and then when I get home, I could put them on. You can do that depending on how mobile you think you're going to be. Right. And She's got a friend and, here, too, who's willing to help her, so I've got some herbs. Oh, uh, right, and whether or not there's a buddy around. Oh, yeah. She's got a friend. <laughs> or two. <laughs> yeah. Buddy, are yeah. So you don't and have I, to do I, it beforehand. Your, you can do it uh, right at the time because you'll be drinking coffee and then using the Bentleys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have some comfy for her, and I have some usnea tincture I've already made. 
Um, yeah. We're going to get some echinacea. And this is awesome. I, I'm really I remember, glad that I suggested she call you. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I remember being with Shoshana Budapest, complaining bitterly about how much her hips hurt, and we were see, suggesting this and suggesting that and giving her this and giving her the other thing. And finally she just threw up her hands and all of that, and she lived in a house. <coughs> there were 30 steps to get up to her front door. Oh, my God. And finally, she just went off, and she got both hips replaced. Both at the same time? Yep. Damn. She went wow. back to Hungary where she could get it for free. Mm-hmm. And she recovered. If you're going to do, I guess if you got to do children, she, we might she totally recovered. This was years and it's years ago. She was wow. so happy she did it. Yeah. Wow. I've read a lot of Shujana's My friend Helen was plagued with really bad arthritis, which started in her teenage years. She's had both hips replaced, both knees replaced, both shoulders replaced, and she says, Woman. We'll be so happy when they can do my elbows. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're, like, wow. we're like cars. We just get replacement parts when we need them. <laughs> right? That's what my sweetheart said of last year. What's his replacement year, right? He got his cataracts removed and new lenses put in his eyes, and then he went in and got measured and got a new valve for his heart. So, yes, that is what's happening to us. We are um, being offered parts. Well, I never thought I'd need them, but here I am. <laughs> here you are, Right. And you don't have to be, you know, hobbling along in pain with cane yeah, or sitting to. before the fire knitting because you can't get up and do things. You can go. You can have a hip replacement. You can survive it, and you will be healthier afterwards. You Again, what I have been told over and over is I didn't realize how much of my vitality the pain was taking. Yeah, I feel like that too recently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been in denial. I've been in denial for wrapping my head around this, you know, institution. You seem to be in denial about it. You know, woo! It's like science fiction. It is. (laughs) And look at all the loving support you have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Life is good, and science and herbs it works together perfectly. Go for it. Green blessings. Bye bye. Y'all. Thank you. Susan. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you. Green blessing. All right. And we will go. We have four callers with their hands raised, so we'll go to the next two dialed in from the 510 area code. From the 510, you are live with Susan. Good evening, Guru Weed. How are you? Good evening, Seeker. How are you? <laughs> I'm really good. It's so good to hear your voice. Thank you so much for sharing all your beautiful wisdom with us. You are welcome. Thank you so much for calling. What's up? Well, I wanted to ask you um, your advice and your wisdom on menstruation. Um, I am uh, experiencing migraines just before I get my moon, just before I bleed, I'm getting some really 
gnarly migraines, then I might get them on day one, I might get them on day two. So I don't know what a migraine is. I have no clue. I just know that they're really, really awful. I'm taking um, hawthorn tincture. I'm taking passion flower tincture. And I'm really trying to learn from the pain. I just wondered if you had any advice on these, what seem to be hormonal migraines. think about hormones. Mm. Hormones are messengers. Mm. Hormones don't do anything, but they tell parts of our body to do things. Mm. Hormones are made around cholesterol. Mm. The, the way a raindrop or a snowflake coalesces around a little bit of dust, the hormone at the center has cholesterol and everything crystallizes around the cholesterol to make the hormone and different crystals for different hormones. Once the hormone has delivered its message, the liver takes it apart. Hmm. I often compare hormones to tinker toys. Are you familiar with tinker toys? No, what's that? Toys are building sets consisting of rods about the thickness of a pencil of different lengths and different colors. Mm -hmm. And connectors that look like bagels or donuts and with a hole not just in the center but pierced through the sides as well. Right. And you can create various structures with your tinker toys. The round bagel-like thing is the cholesterol. So what the liver is supposed to do is to pull the sticks out, right? Right. So the liver doesn't, like, get rid of the hormone because that's expensive stuff. You don't throw your tinker toys away when you're done building it. You take it apart and put it back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you can build something else. Mm. That's what the liver does. A woman's body is capable of producing more hormones than her liver can take apart. Oh. And when that happens, then we have conflicting messages. Because the messenger who said go up is still running around saying go up and the new messenger who's saying go down is saying that too. Mm -hmm. You would give anybody a headache. <laughs> yeah. In Chinese philosophy, the 
liver draws energy down into the lower part of the body. And when the liver can't do its jobs, then energy escapes up to the head Mm. and causes headaches that are pounding and focused in the front of the head or behind the eyes or cause visual disturbances. Hmm. So one way to help ourselves is help our liver. Fortunately, the liver is very rapidly replaced. In fact, we each get a brand new liver every 30 days. (laughs) Really? Yeah. The liver is so important. It does so much for us. Every drop of blood in our bodies flows through our liver every hour. Mm. So it's really important that that we have good quality liver tissue. Mm-hmm. And anything that you're doing that might be taxing to your liver, uh, you, you would be well to pull back on a little bit during these times, right? So if you normally like to relax with a glass of wine during the time when you know your liver is going to be overburdened with hormones, you skip it. Because the alcohol is another challenge to the liver. Mm. The liver loves an herbs, dandelion, burdock. Huh. Yeah. Chicory. Yellow yeah. duck. And interestingly enough, Shisandra. Mm. In China, they use Shisandra for people who have hepatitis. And they treat the Shisandra in a certain way, which actually seems to help get rid of the hepatitis. Really? Yeah, so it's pretty easy to help your liver. Oh. Um, Guru, would you say that... Will that that get rid of your migraines? Maybe. Hmm. It will certainly help you feel a lot better. And what I hear back is from women for whom it didn't get rid of their migraines, it lessened the intensity. Hmm. It was less of a feeling of um, trying to get the words that they were using. Like one woman was saying that it it used to feel like her brain was trying to push its way out of her skull. Oh, I know the feeling. Mm-hmm. Like her whole brain was swollen up and that... Mm. Getting her liver in better shape stopped that particular feeling. It stopped the um, visual things that she saw. Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's definitely like a blackening out of one of my eyes, and I my vision gets funny. Yeah. 
yeah, get very sensitive with fragrance, would you recommend a tincture in, in, for this uh, Shivandra, chicory, burdock, dandelion, or are these infusions? What I want you to do is to really give yourself a little time sensing or being with each one of these wonderful plants and see who really calls out to you first. Mm-hmm. Who, who looks the most interesting to you? Mm. And think about how you would be most likely to work with that. Right. Yeah. Are you the kind of person who really wants to make an infusion because it's going to be so much more somatic and so much, you know, more getting your hands into it? Are you the kind of person who would rather have a tincture because you can just put it there by your toothbrush and take it every morning and not have to think about it or get involved? Oh, great question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Set yourself up for success. Oh, I really appreciate all of your advice. I, I wonder if I might ask you one more question connected to the same menstruation issue. Yes. So as I get older, I'm noticing um, that my moon um, is getting shorter but more intense and, and just like really bleeding so much more now. Instead of just having a heavy day on number one or number two, now it can be heavy on number three and number four. So I was reading in your book about flooding. I'm just wondering, do you think that this is is a sign of flooding? Well, flooding usually occurs because there is extra endometrial tissue, so there's more blood. Mm. And because Iron is low, which allows the blood to flow more easily. And because the uterus is a very blood-rich environment. Mm. So flooding can be as severe as a three-foot puddle of blood. Wow. Yeah. Where there is just suddenly, you know, a tremendous gush of blood. Women sometimes pass out, right? Wake up in the emergency, wake up in surgery, Mm. right? Or being wheeled into surgery. Um, And flooding can also be drip, drip, drip. That goes on and on and on. Both kinds of flooding are not unusual. The vast majority of women over the age of 40 will experience one or the other kinds of flooding sometime during their menopausal passage, usually not every month, though. Mm. So when it's every month, then I think, hmm, are there fibroids? 
I lived with a woman who bled every month. I have never seen anyone bleed like this woman bled. She would use two super tampons and two pads and leave a trail of blood on her way to the bathroom. Oh, my God. And she tinkered with her diet to see if there was anything she could do to cut down on the bleeding. And she very definitely found a strong relationship between raw food and bleeding. Oh, really? And she found that if she completely eliminated all raw food from her diet in the week before she bled, that she bled a lot less. How interesting. So you might want to consider that. Blackstrap molasses is a great way to bring up iron. That will often help deal with the bleeding from low iron. Mm-hmm. So those are some ideas to work with, and I hope you call back and let us know how it's going. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Praying for you and appreciate you. Green blessings. Green blessings. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And it looks like we have three callers that have raised their hand to signal they have a question uh, by pressing the number one. And we'll go to the next caller who's dialed in from the 212 area code. From the 212, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi. How are you tonight? Well, I I am much better than yesterday, but I thought that passing out and uh, I need your help. Um, passing out? Yes, that's... That's disturbing. Are you by yourself yes. or is there someone there with you? No, I was by myself. And mm. uh, what happened was that uh, I started doing uh, deep core decluttering and I attacked my linen closet, took everything out, and I started sh- sorting it out. And I didn't realize, uh, yes, I I live on the ground and uh, not on the 22nd floor like in New York City. And um, I should have put my mask on when I did that. I inhaled probably a lot more dust than the usual. And uh, I started sneezing and coughing and getting a terrible headache and... Um, time I realized what happened it was too late but I put my uh, mask on I drank my uh, nettle infusion Um, I didn't do it for this I had it just because January for me but you were drinking right yeah it was uh, January for me I, I, I get some some allergic reactions and they told me the nettle infusion helped so um, I 
checked my blood pressure and it was 176. That's not my usual. I am on one pill medication and uh, my usual is between 130, 140. And uh, the other, the diastolic was 103, which is also bad. And uh, I put myself to bed and uh, put ice on my head and uh, I fell asleep. Uh, When I woke up, I felt a little better. Yes, I put my air purifier, but uh, I don't think it really helped a lot. And I opened the the window. And uh, anyway, uh, what I noticed since this happened is that every time I I, I go to bed and I crack the window open, I start coughing and sneezing a little. Not much. Uh, I did. I did do um, an allergy test, and that was a disaster. Uh, I I am allergic to house dust and to mites, and I wonder if my feather pillow is is a a mite dust because uh, when I go to bed I start sneezing, and. Um, oh. So for me to get 176. I think that you live in the country, yes? Yes, I live in Woodstock, yeah. You live in Woodstock. Okay. You said something about the 23rd floor, and I wasn't sure, but maybe you were telling me you had moved. But just wanted to check. It sounds, actually sounds to me like a very classic reaction, allergic reaction to mice stuff. Mice? Because we live in the country, and mice come into where we live, and they do their stuff, even if you don't see it. They pee and they poo all over the place. And you pull all that linen out, mice love linen closets. And it's not mold, it's the contact with that, and it's a real allergen for some people. Just like you say, almost, you know, it just about knocks you out. Yeah. So you're doing great with the nettle. That's just a, a good thing to be doing. Is your pillow more than two years old? If it's more than two years old, I'm told, then it's definitely filled with mites. 15 years old. I brought this from New York when I moved to Woodstock. If natural materials, the mites will build up. And if you have a sensitivity to them, you need to switch out your pillow every two years, is what the experts say. Oh, and I can can buy another feather. I personally don't like sleeping on feathers. Oh, what do you sleep on? Because it gets very hot. Yeah, the feathers, I I feel like I'm sleeping on a bale of straw when I sleep in a feather pillow. <laughs> oh. Even if I use three pillowcases, I still feel them poking at me. I feel like, you know, the princess and the pea. <laughs> so I have always preferred to have some kind of synthetic material, usually quite firm for my pillow. 
and I I like support under my neck. But we all have different ways that our heads and necks are put together and that feels comfortable for us when we sleep. You know, I look at those headrests in the museums that the Japanese used to use to sleep on, and you think, how could anyone sleep on something like that? Yeah. But they did. Yeah. Right, but they did, and obviously were comfortable. So it's, it's, it's a wonderful individual variation. I don't think there's, you know, that there's any one particular thing that is going to work for every single one of us which is why uh, most places will, if you're renting a room, are going to offer you several different kinds of pillows because people uh, people are very, very different I like about that. I if like your pillow's years old, then you need to retire it and okay. find a new pillow. All right. And um, how glorious of you to tackle your linen closet. I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to to reduce the amount of work that my daughter will do after I die, and I do it very reluctantly. But I decided I have to let go of half of my full wall of books, so that's full of dust, of course. I hear you, and there's a certain there's a certain grace to that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take, take care of you by by paring down so that there's less stuff for you to deal with. Yeah. I, I personally um, would feel very deprived if I did that. Yes, I feel deprived. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, I would never do that. I, You know, I, I, you're going to have to deal with all of this stuff when I go. Yeah. That's what that's what enjoy enjoy it now because I'm not getting rid of any of it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the longer I live the more stuff accumulates around me and the more stuff people give to me. Yeah. Um Yeah. And and I revel in it because I have such a short time here in this manifest reality. Mm-hmm. Of, of material things. As a matter of fact, the big new excitement in my life is that as soon as the weather clears up, it will be time to assemble all of the sanded, stained, measured, cut to length boards for my new bookcase. All right. A whole new bookcase of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven shelves. Mhm. Yeah, that's what I have on an entire wall. Not the case, it will, just shelves. It will yeah. be the fourth wall in this room that has a bookcase from floor to ceiling. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> All right, I have to buy a pillow. I don't know what pillow to buy. My ears are hypersensitive to pressure, and I usually make a hole in my feather pillow 
and I put my ear there. Otherwise, it hurts. Well, you can buy another feather pillow. There's nothing wrong with a feather pillow. Yeah, just for two years, and then and then I get. I mean, you're noticing it. You're the one who's asking. You're saying, "Hey, I think there's something up with my pillow. I'm coughing and sneezing when I put my head on the pillow." So. You, All right. You're well, obviously giving things away, so that leaves room to give away the old pillow and get a new one. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. I'm so glad I'm still you. hanging out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm still around. I'm kicking. I'm 81, and I don't give up. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Be continued. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. Love you, love you. Bless you. Green blessings. Green blessing. God bless you. (sighs) All right. And it looks like we have four callers that have... um, Nope, make that three. We have three callers that have their hand raised by pressing one, and we'll open and we the line. To, we want to remind you all. I'm going to interrupt you, sir. We want to remind you all sure. not to panic, that we're going until 9.30. I am not interviewing anyone because the woman I was going to interview is sick with COVID, so I'm going to be answering questions until 9.30. All right. Go ahead, Sarah. Awesome. Thank you, Susan. Yes, everyone, just plenty of time to keep pushing one and let us know that you've got a question, and I'll see your hand up in the queue. Uh, Just get that number one pressed. And let's see, we're going to go to the 603 area code. In the 603, your line is open, and you are live with Susan. Oh, that's me. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, Susan, this is such a wonderful night with you and all your callers. This is Rose from New Hampshire. I am just so happy to talk to you again. I'm doing so much better. I've been doing so much better, and I've got so many things to ask you about. Um, I've been doing better with my pain issues, with my with the severe scoliosis, Um And uh, I know a lot of people have been praying for me and for, uh, oh, my gosh, for a couple of years now. um, I finally made uh, some progress. I pray myself that I keep making, I can sustain the progress I've made since December 1st. On December 1st, I went to the sports medicine doctor who I've been going to since I think September and he decide um uh, when uh whenever I go I get on the table and he feels me and asks me does it hurt here does it hurt here this time it hurt in five different places so he gave me five different injections um some were some were just um oh god i'm sorry I, i'm still not getting enough sleep so these words aren't coming to me um oh trigger point so he gave me out of the five um 
I recall that it was uh, two or three were trigger point injections of, I think it was lidocaine, and the other remaining uh, injections were of something else, which I still don't know what they were, but it doesn't matter. All I know is this is the first time that I have felt such relief. But it's my partnership with this um, sports medicine doctor. By the way, his manner is just delightful. He's, he talks really fast because he has so many patients to, to help because uh, that he talks really fast and it's hard to catch him especially when, you know, I'm laying on the table and I'm in pain and got my pants down, you know, so he can feel every place down my spine down to, you know, to the very bottom and my shirt up and I'm so exposed and I'm in pain when I get there and don't get enough sleep, but he talks fast. So it's really hard for me to pay attention. So he said, it's okay if I bring a recording device, thank God. I still haven't played it back to get those two other, what, what, what he injected in the other ones. But anyway, that doesn't matter. But what I am so thankful for and grateful for is combining your advice, your suggestions, your wonderful experience with, with his expertise has helped me since December 1st. And I've been dealing with this pain that gradually worsened all my life. It's been a really hard time. And I don't know if you recall, but um, when I started calling you, I don't even know, maybe it was four or five years ago, the preceding caller, uh, she was calling at about the time that I started talking to you. And I believe I remember her name. She used to give her name. It begins with T, but she doesn't give it anymore. So I I don't want to, I guess she doesn't want people to know her name. But anyway, but I give mine freely because I'm Rose from New Hampshire, and she used to give hers and where she was from. So we only know that she's from Woodstock now. But anyway, I love hearing her um, because, like, I started (laughs) with her, it seems like, you know, with you. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. And, and I just, every time she calls, and, and she didn't call for quite a while, and I was very concerned. I said, I, I started praying for her, and I said, Lord, if you want her to still live and fight, you know, you know let, let us hear from her. And the next week when I was, started praying uh, every day, many times a day, she called in. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. Susan, I am just, I have felt so blessed knowing her. You know, we started, I think she started calling about the same time I did because I remember, you know, well, I remember when I started calling, she was calling. I don't know if she, and she sounded like she was new. Yeah, I think she, we were both new because she explained that she was new to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have so much joy that I haven't had in so long because you know I've been struggling for years and years and you know the last few years um, I've had a you know really rough, rough time. So, and here she is calling today. She's attacking her linen closet 
because she doesn't want to leave her daughter with all this stuff to have to clean out. And I have been uh, feeling the same way. Um, I We have so much in common. I am a fighter. I persevere. People have noticed I my my perseverance i have noticed it when i was teaching school full time i love i love teaching um i would give them lots of extra um things like tidbits to help them with their lot you know move through their their fifth grade lives at that point and um one thing i would teach them is you know perseverance because you know i teaching fifth grade um it was in a poor socioeconomic area I, I i i took that position and i had poor kids and i had uh every grade every year i had one or two kids that couldn't read in fifth grade and i persevered with them and i you know i would spend time after school you know volunteering and Every day after school, I was always helping somebody, and and um, I would never, I would, I would finally get home when I was starving, and you know, have to put supper on. Anyway, um, so you know, I taught my students, you know, things to help them get through life, and here I have this. I feel she's just my fellow persevering sister with sister susan and susan's helper sister oh forgive me see i i need some more sleep sister i know her name but it's not coming to me once you oh gosh but um susan your assistant there sarah ellen sarah ellen sarah ellen right yes and um i feel like and I first, I'm getting, I, I, I'm sorry, but I named myself Ramblin' Rose, and I'm so sorry, but I just have so much to oh, share with you. Oh, beautiful, Ramblin' Rose. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, you know, because nobody else will have the, um, how, how do I say it, will want, would have enough guts to tell me, you know, to tell me, you you just ramble on and on and on. But I know I do when I get excited about something and I finally get to talk to somebody because, like, maybe I haven't spoken to anybody because I've been isolated because I've been in so much pain over the years, you know, since I haven't been able to teach full-time, but I've done lots of volunteer work whenever I could. And I even pray at home for people. I've been doing that for years when I'm in so much pain that I can't do anything, but hey, I can always pray for people. That's volunteer work, right? That is a really, can I repeat that? That is such a beautiful way to put it. When I'm in too much pain to do anything, what I can do is pray. Yes, and I pray for others. Not not pray for yourself. Not pray to be out of pain. Not pray for you to feel good, but pray to end the suffering of all. Because I always had different ministries that I did for people, uh, you know, volunteered, and many, many different ministries. And um, I considered that my my main ministry because I couldn't do any of the other things I always used to volunteer with, you know. So, like, beautifying... Uh, my two different towns, the one I lived in plus a town a couple towns away by 
by planting things, by planting plants in, in the, throughout the town and taking care of them to beautify the towns, you know, such things like that. I did a lot of, lot of different things that I was always creative with my volunteer work because I love gardening. I love plants. I love, you know, I love beautifying, um, I love making beautiful things, whether it's decorating, decor- decorating anything, <laughs> including yeah. um, different sounds. Yeah. But anyway, I'm getting, I'm getting sidetracked, and I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being myself, but I'm just so thrilled to get through. You can be sorry for being yourself. Oh, okay, <laughs> but, um, um, but you know, again, it gets back to this sisterhood that I feel so close. And I do want to add, before I get into what I really wanted to call you about, and here I am rambling again. Um, um, uh, I had no idea I was going to ramble like this, but that's who I am. Um, I first met you way back in the 70s, and I don't know if you would recall, but I grew up in Hadley, Massachusetts. And um, a farm, um, I come from um, 100% farming heritage, 100% Polish heritage. My grandparents on both sides, maternal and paternal, both came over from Poland. And my parents started their own produce business. And um, I grew up visiting both, uh, you know, grand, grandmothers, both, both uh, grand, grandfathers, um, died when both of my parents were were young. My mother was only seven. Of seven, of se- uh, she had six siblings, and she was the older one who had to work really hard and go to work early and take care of her siblings and, you know, um, bring the money home to her brothers and never could spend the money on a bra. You know, stories like that. Um, um, stories of perseverance of my my two my two grandmothers and my uh, and my mother um and my dad because he he was 16 when his dad passed away of severe severe at that time they didn't know about cancer but they they said that they opened him up on the opera this is his uh his father who was very ill his his whole adult life and he first came over from Poland he worked in the coal mines in Pennsylvania and that's where he got black lung disease and that's how he got so sick and so they bought farmland they moved to Greenfield Massachusetts and so I had that farm and and when you start talking about um uh when I hear all these people call in and you know, uh, um, and you said, I think it was you who brought up the man with a kitten on his lap. I mean, I experience, I, I relate to all these people on the, on your phone calls and you, and, um, wasn't it just tonight, see, um, where, uh, you talked about a man who had, who all he could do was sit when, uh, when he got older with a kitten on his lap. Yeah, that was you. Yes, Farmer um, Joe, when he got into his late 90s. Late 90s? His late 90s, yeah. Was he a friend of yours? Oh, I went, I went over to Farmer Joe's farm when I was thinking about getting dairy animals, and I bought, he was allowed to sell raw milk then, I bought four gallons of milk every other day for several oh. months before I bought dairy animals because I wanted to put myself to the test. 
You bought four gallons. Was I really willing to deal with that much milk? Was I really willing to make cheese that often? And I said, Yeah, I sure am. And how much did you buy? So that's how Joe and I came to know each other, and we knew each other. Golly gee, I bought. Let's see, I bought my property in 1978, and Joe died last year. Oh wow! So we knew each other for almost 50 years. He was really important to me because he was a farmer, you know. Oh, yes, yes. And, of course, I'm a farming heritage. That's my ancestry. Right. And, um, and, and, I mean, I have these flashbacks from ever since I could barely walk of going, you know, riding in the car. My my mother was so devoted to her mother. Even um, she lived like 20 miles away from the farm where my mother grew up. Um, and um, it was only 20 miles away, but there, but there were only country roads back then when she, when um, when I was only three years old, and um, the superhighway wasn't built until much much later. So it you know 20 miles was, but it was beautiful. Like I can remember from you know they say you don't have your memory, you can't you don't you won't remember things from the age of four, I think it is, but I swear I remember things from a much earlier age. Oh, yeah, I, I know I did because there was even an abusive ha- incident in the hospital that happened to me when I was a toddler. So, yeah, um, so anyway, I'm getting off track again. But the ride there, I, I remember from a very early age, you know, moo cow, moo cow, you know, looking out the window, crossing the river, going over the bridges through the country, observing everything out my window. And I remember even one spring, like there were still smiles, piles of small piles of snow um, up against one of the barns um, that I noticed. And, and I, I have all these all these memories from way, way back. It's, and I never forgot them. People are amazed, you know. And, um, and I remember, wow, it's so warm out, and there's still snow against the barn. And, of course, there were a lot of tobacco barns in that area. But um, I'm getting sidetracked again. But I wanted to ask you, do you remember speaking at a, at, um, at a, a college in Hadley Amherst? And I think, it, let's see, what was the name of it? It was um, New No. Uh, anyway, that's where I first heard you speak, and I sat in your circle, and you passed around the talking stick. <laughs> and it was so long ago because I was uh, back then, um, oh, gosh, I don't even think I was a mom yet. I had just gotten married and was teaching and was struggling, or maybe I was pregnant. I don't know. But I managed to get back home because I taught in upstate New York after I graduated from um, college in upstate New York, in, um, in, um, in Troy, New York. I went to RSC, and that's where I met my husband who went to RPI. Anyway, that was Russell Sage College that I went to. So I took that position in Syracuse, my first teaching position, um, when my husband – uh, at, right after we married, after I graduated, he was two years ahead of me, so he was already working. But oh my God, I'm getting sidetracked again, and I'm so tired. But um, so back then, when I managed to get back home, because I usually spent my weekend, well, going to church on Sunday, but Saturday 
this is right, you know, right after I was married, it was my first teaching position. Um, can you still hear me? Are you there? I'm here. Oh, good. I didn't know if I got disconnected because I'm doing all the talking and I'm, oh, I'm not going to apologize. You said not to. Okay. So, so, um, oh gosh, I just lost my train of thought. What was it? Oh, where was I going with this? So, oh yeah. So I managed, oh yeah, I would break, I would bake my bread, make my yogurt, make, uh, bake my apple pies, my pumpkin pies, whatever season it was, I was baking, you know, taking after my mother and my grandparents. I mean, my grandmothers. And, I usually would spend the weekend doing that, but this one weekend I managed to get back there to to Hadley Amherst, and I grew up in Hadley, and my parents had their started their own produce company, and my dad also taught high school. That's and my mom was a hairdresser. They did all plus had five children. I mean, it shows you how what hard workers we all were. Amazing, Rose. There are oh. a couple of other people who'd like to talk to me tonight. Okay, and since I've been, my, my problem since I've been talking I'm... with you for 15 minutes, oh, I'm going to oh. say green blessings oh. and good night and go oh, on no, to the I next. Can't tell you what my problem is tonight. I'll, I'll take, make it fast, please. You no, know, no, Rose. Your okay. 15 minutes. It's been absolutely okay, so wonderful. Sorry. Call it's, back it's, again it's, next week. Green blessings. Call back. I'll call back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. I love you. God bless you, yes. God is blessed. <laughs> Green blessings um, to you. All right. And we will go to the next of our two hands that are raised. We've got about 14 minutes left. So in the 646, you are live with Susan. In the 646, you are live. Hello, Susan. It's Steve. How are you? Hi, nice Steve. To see you again. How are you? Yeah. Uh, it's nice to hear a few familiar voices on the call tonight. Um, I um, I wanted to ask you. I went for an eye test the other day, and my grandmother had glaucoma. Um, my father is get, gets checked yearly for it, and I have come out with a eye the pressure of twenty a twenty five pressure, um, which is a little bit higher than normal um i'm 41 years old and um i wanted to know if you know of any herbal remedies or or um other things that are good for glycoma or for reducing the eye pressure should i say yeah Um, it's very interesting because we started the show this evening talking about the liver and migraines and the liver is considered also the opening to the eyes. Oh, okay. And whenever there is pressure in the eyes, in Chinese theory, it's thought that that's because there's pressure in the liver. Ah, uh, okay. And I'm actually, um, I, I spoke to you about it in the past. I think you told me to go and get a hepatitis C check because uh, my alcohol intolerance I don't know if you remember a while while ago we spoke about it Um, but I went to get um, I'm getting an ultrasound on my liver next next month Um, but yeah I've definitely got some sort of issues with my liver going on Um, yeah so so you're saying to fix the liver and then hopefully um, we can 
You, well, actually, uh, of course, what I'm saying is to nourish the liver uh, rather than to fix it. Oh, it's not uh, fix it. I understand. Fix it, you know, if you're if you're dealing with scientific people, they are definitely thinking about fixing. That's that's their paradigm, and that's absolutely yes. fine. Um, yes, and I, I don't follow that and, paradigm. And we've, and we've, and we've talked, uh, I've talked to several people tonight about uh, working with herbs that above the liver. And even if the ultrasound finds that there's something amiss with your liver, again, remembering that your liver replaces itself every month. It's the most regenerative organ in the body. And so even if the ultrasound finds that there is something wrong with your liver, it is possible for you to restore the health of your liver. Now, the ultrasound Mm -hmm. isn't going to find that you have hepatitis. That would be a blood test. Yes, and I've I've, I've had the the blood work done a couple of days ago for that, so that's separate, yeah. Um, Okay, so that's that's already um, been done. haven't gotten the results on that yet. Yeah. She's kind of one of okay. these doctors that's like, you know, oh, oh, this medication's good for this. Oh, take this, take that. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good, thanks. Oh, we'll get you in for this uh-huh. ultrasound, that ultrasound, that, and the, you know, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll roll with the with the ultrasound. Uh, it, a little but I'm not, out of I'm my um, range to have an ultrasound when um, there's a liver issue. Usually, the first thing that they do is order blood tests to check yeah, and see if mm-hmm. yeah, if there's hepatitis because that's going to be the most likely thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the thing that they're most prepared to deal with. Yes. Okay. Um, all right, great. And then I know you're short on time. I just wanted to ask, um, I wanted to come and join you up in um, Woodstock uh, during the summer of this year, I wanted to know. Um, I, I know a lot of your courses are tailored to female only. I wanted to know. That's if not true. It's, it's, it's not, that not true that a lot of them are. There are two. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, okay. Two. Sorry. But, but pardon me. You know what? See, I have two every month plus these other two. Okay. Okay. So I think I mean, that's I 20 courses a year. So it's 10 percent of them. Uh, Oh, okay. I, I, I know me. I haven't been, I haven't been on the website. Was, yeah, yeah, I haven't been on for a any, while. So any, of the, uh, any of the day-long courses, the only courses that are for women are ones with, where you stay overnight. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I'm looking so forward to... So long day-long course, they are open to everyone, including you. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, attending a few... Um, I'm looking summer. forward to having you here. I'm so yeah, glad. Yeah, be nice. Okay, yeah. well, green blessings right. and uh, have a good evening. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Green Keep blessings. Green blessings. All right. Good night. Bye bye. All right, and we'll go to our last raised hand. And you've dialed in from the 908 area code. From the 908, you are live with Susan. Oh, hi, Susan. Um, it's Carol from New Jersey. Oh, hey, Susan. Carol. How are you Hi. tonight? Oh, good, good. Um, so, um, um, I around Christmas time, my son and daughter-in-law came in, and they had this terrible cough. Um, my daughter-in-law w- 
they both work in the emergency room, and they just coughed constantly. And then I got the cough, um, and and it was a cough. <laughs> there was <laughs> there was a, some mucus coming down the throat, and I don't know if that's what makes the cough. And um, I, I I got advice that the mucus is your body trying to heal, but and that it was good, but it the cough just kept, <laughs> have a little bit of it left. Um, the cough just kept going, and so this went. Was it yeah. just a cough, or did you have any fever or any uh, nausea or any days when you were achy? No achy, no fever, no nausea. Okay. So it's that and cough. The, and the, the cough has been going on for how long now? Uh, I would say it <laughs> went on since the, I would say about the day after Christmas. I'm, I must say, <laughs> yeah, I must say, too, that um, I'm doing a time here. Yeah, let's we'll just work with the cough for now. Yeah. So it just um, went on. And mm-hmm. so... Oh, I here's, a few, here's a few things to consider. Yeah. yeah. In most situations, it's not going to be a problem if you light a candle. But if you have a really chronic cough, a cough that it just is not giving up, then... Making sure that you don't burn anything, any incense, any candle, anything at all, will really go a long way toward remedying that. The other thing that I really like when I have a cough is honey. And I like it to the point where sometimes I will just carry a jar of honey around with me. You know, like honey bears? (laughs) <laughs> yes, I can squeeze, and I will carry a honey bear around with me, and maybe uh, get some honey on my throat, like every minute or two. Oh, I mean, wow. I am really like laying into the honey when I have a super sore throat. Yeah, yes, I didn't have a sore throat though. Just the Just cough. cough. Yeah. Will the yeah. honey help the cough? It it usually does. Now in China, they boil the honey with mule hooves. Oh. <laughs> and I used to get this bad cough syrup, which was honey, mule hooves, and loquats boiled together. And I'll tell you, boy, that would stop any cough absolutely dead in its tracks. Oh, that was the, that was the strongest cough syrup I have ever been able to get. I don't think they sell it anymore. You know, oh. people are like, "Hooves? What? Are you kidding?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know, you boil them hooves down, and they're really like they have all this mm-hmm. like um, stuff in it that's really good for your respiratory system." But oh boy. Right? Like, no, it's no, 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 no. Lost favor. So I understand. Remedies come and go. Same thing with whorehound. Whorehound's perfectly lovely herb. So bitter, people don't like it anymore. 
one of the things I also like um, when there are coughs that don't seem to want to go away is Ella Campaign. Yeah, Ella Campaign. And, and so about that, how much? That, yeah. It depends what? on how my cough and I react to it. So I usually okay. start off with just a few drops of Ella Campaign, and then if I see, oh, wow, you know, this is really like, wow, my body really wants more of this, then I say, no. okay, sure, more. Yeah. You know, <laughs> here it is. Yeah. But it's yeah. a, Ella Campaign is, you can tell by the taste of it, it's a pretty strong remedy. So we okay. generally don't to use huge amounts of it. Okay. And by any chance, is that written up in any of your books? Like if I looked up cough and then I could see the remedies? I don't know. You know, I don't think so. I don't think I, that I talk about cough. But here's what somebody told me, and I don't know. She says, oh, if I just want to find what you have to say about something, I just go to Google and I put in the uh, name uh, of the problem or the name of the herb and then Susan Weed after it, it yes. takes me to that. Right. Oh, that's a brilliant. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So So what, that's what she does. Yeah. She says it works. Hey. Oh, great. That's brilliant. Um, it so is. So what I want Stop the mucus or let the mucus go? Oh, the mucus is important. Yes, they're absolutely right. The mucus is a very important part of the healing. You don't want to stop the mucus at all. Oh, okay. Okay. Even though the mucus, I think, makes me cough. Um, The function of mucus in our body is to sweep up especially bacteria, and allow uh, us to easily uh, get rid of them. I see. Good, good. That's brilliant. That's a brilliant explanation because I wasn't getting exact. They didn't tell me exactly why, like you just did. Yeah. Right. Oh. Uh, what's happening is that, yeah, you are right. The mucus is making you cough, but the mucus is making you cough because it says, which just clear this so we can, like, get ready for some more, please? <laughs> okay. Wonderful. Okay. Hey, one, <laughs> uh, yeah. We have work one to more. do, and, we, this, and this particular water stuff is in the way. Get rid of it, and we'll get some more for you here. We'll take care of it. Don't uh, worry. Yeah. Don't yeah, you yeah, have yeah. a thing to worry about. We've got this. We've got this. Yeah, yeah. And, no, you know, got I think about, because I ha- was have had occasion to care for very elderly people, who no longer could cough. Oh, wow. We would have to suction them. Oh, yeah, right. Mm. It's very precious that you are strong enough to cough. Well, thank you, Susan. As a matter of fact, my masseuse, when I had that horrible cough from the SRV, and I was laying on the table coughing, and my masseuse said, Oh, look at that. This muscle that hasn't been firing, it fires when you cough. How wonderful. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> wonderful. I think they're going to cut us off now, so thank you. I love you. They probably will, so I will thank you, Carol, and I will thank, thank you, you, Sarah Ellen, and I will thank you, Sarah everyone. Sarah love you, too. 
Yeah. Listening Sarah, for being part of this wonderful conversation about people's medicine. Medicine that grows right outside your door. Till next week, green blessings. Good night.